Thanks, Leo. Sorry, that took too long. There's just things going on, right? We're, we're fighting for life here <laughs> at Church Life. Uh, could you feel the pain in Leo's voice around <laughs> asking you to not chit-chat here? I felt it, Leo. I understand. Uh, you guys, how are you doing? Okay, okay. I'm singing that song, and I'm thinking, yeah, a live sounds good. <laughs> and so to, I think sometimes you, you, you say joy is exploding because it is coming out of you, and sometimes you fight for it. Uh, let's fight for it today if you're not feeling that naturally. Uh, all right, I preached, I preached a month ago. I had to look it up because I honestly, if you asked me, I would have been like, it was like four months ago. It was like five. Does anybody feel like time is weird right now? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, a month, a week, a day. I don't know anything is. And, and one of the reasons I'm thinking that time feels so weird right now is there's, I've been reading a lot of like psychological articles. I don't know if this is good or bad, but, but the risks, right? We're all facing these risks, uh, social ones, please leave, don't chit-chat, right? Emotional ones, political risks, this has been a thing in the last couple weeks, right? Economic ones, physical ones. And all this risk business makes your brain a little tired, you know this? And when your brain gets a little tired, it gets less effective in areas like problem solving and mental clarity, all the stuff you need to do right now. So that's cool. <laughs> that feels a little like, okay. So our hopefulness, all this stuff. Uh, here's where I'm noticing it show up, all right? Let me, I wanna know if you have a story like this. So I have a shower rod in my bathroom, okay? It's got one of those tiny little like set screws that you put the bar on, right, and then you screw the thing in. And the screw came out a couple weeks ago. And so I'm like, all right, all right. I'm a little annoyed, I pick it down, I bend down, I pick it up, I'm gonna screw it in by hand, just like far enough to go get my screwdriver, right? And I come back, and I, I swear to you, I just touch the screw with the screwdriver, and it falls, and it's under the radiator, and I spend the next five minutes scream crying on my bathroom floor. <laughs> I was like, I've had enough! Like, it was dramatic. It was dramatic, and I, I remember there was, there was a moment of clarity. Anybody else pandemic meltdown? You been there? Okay. There was a moment of clarity. I was like sobbing, bathroom floor, still looking for the screw. I was like, a oh, screwdriver. And, and I thought, oh, oh, I am overreacting. <laughs> I was like, oh, that, that is interesting. And then, and then like therapy must be working because my next thought was curious. It was, oh, what is, what is going on <laughs> with me? What's going on? And then uh, the Holy Spirit must be working because the next thing after that, I heard this question so, so clearly, was this voice saying, do you really want to know? Ooh. Do you really want to know? Uh, T.S. Eliot writes that, that humankind doesn't bear much reality. We're not very good at it. And it, that's, what, that's what happened. I heard that question and that fear just sprung up in me that I wasn't sure I could bear too much reality in that moment, too many facts about myself, about why I'm scream crying on the bathroom floor. And I wasn't sure, and, and Margaret Heffernan, a quote of hers, she wrote a book called Willfully Blind, worth a read. A quote of hers came to mind and it says, we make ourselves powerless when we choose not to know, but we give ourselves hope when we insist on looking. <laughs> Does anybody wait in that place? Where you're like, nope, I'm going in. I'm going in, I need to know. So I, I did this, I am on the bathroom floor, still crying, I like, and I just said, okay. I said, I wanna know. And when I think about it, it was like the least dramatic but most powerful internal direction setting I think I've ever done. It was just a, a small moment, and I think this is Jesus' moment sometimes, small, felt, could be insignificant. 
and its power didn't start to show up for a little while. And, I, and I'm so excited about what I get to share with you today because this is what's happened. I started experiencing this question, living it, navigating it. Do you really wanna know what's going on with you? And, and over the next few weeks, this has been a season where words have been far from me, which is terrible if you're a preacher, <laughs> terrible. But the, the experience of it, I have seen come alive in this text. It's like this text provided a narrative for what I was experiencing. Does that make sense? And so, so I am so, so excited to bring this text to you today. Uh, and I am confident, look at me folks, that if you are weary right now, if you are fighting for life, if you're feeling burdens and your hope is wavering and your pandemic meltdown numbers are rising, that this text has something to offer you. Uh, if you're willing to answer the question, do you really want to know what's going on with you? You ready for some of that? I think, let's see what the text has to offer us. I'm gonna pray uh, that the Holy Spirit will help us access that curiosity. Okay, so Holy Spirit, here we are. Here we are, we want you. Will you, like I pray this, uh, help me overcome prayer. Will you help us to overcome resistance around, around taking a look inside? Around what might feel heavy about that? We believe you're gonna walk with us through this and in this and that you are, you are there. And so you give us wisdom, give us courage, speak to us through this word, amen. All right, we've been in Nehemiah, folks, okay? So we're gonna go today to Nehemiah 8. I got to pick like from the last few chapters because we're wrapping this series up because Christmas is coming. Cassie Christmas, I'm ready. You don't have to call me. <laughs> yeah, you do, just do it. Um, <laughs> Uh, Nehemiah 8, focus, focus, okay, we're going to read, we're going to go to the text, Nehemiah 8, 1 to 4, they have finished the wall, hooray, right, they finished the wall, and so it, this is where we're at, it says the seventh month came, the Israelites had settled in their towns, all the people came together as one in the square before the water gate, they told Ezra, the teacher of the law, to bring out the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord commanded, okay, so on the first day of the seventh month, Ezra brought the law before the assembly, which was made up of men, women, all who were able to understand. He read it aloud from daybreak till noon. You might want to try that? We could just keep going. No? Okay. Okay. Uh, as he faced the square before the water gate in the presence of men, women, and others who could understand. And all the people listened attentively to the book of the law. Ezra, the teacher of the law, stood on a high wooden platform built for the occasion. Uh, beside him on his right stood all those dudes. Okay? Not doing it. All right, so here we are. Nothing earth shattering, and right now I'm gonna, I, I keep saying this. Sometimes when you read a text, and again, you're like, okay, nothing earth shattering. Do you remember what I asked you to do? This is a fair, the math teacher moment. I asked you, like, get in the story. Imagine it, okay, imagine it. So let's try to do this. Let's try to do uh, this imaginative thing. So first of all, it's a, it says first day of the seventh month. Okay, which means, if you're an Israelite, that it is, it's the festival of trumpets. Okay, now this, if you're, this is the party. This is the celebration where you, uh, you do the sacrificing and all the blood and blah, blah, blah. And then they, they blow trumpets and you, and you party together, okay? And so like we're kind of setting a scene. It's supposed to be, uh, Numbers 29 says, this will be a day of joyful shouting. We're setting the scene. This crew, remember, they've been working for three months. They've been building, they've been clearing rubble after rubble after rubble. They've been overcoming all this opposition. Pastor John talked about all these guys. You can't do this, all this stuff. It's done, okay, they finished, they did it. And so this holiday comes. These guys legitimately have something to celebrate. This wall is good news, hands down. It's their safety, 
It's their protection. It's their identity, right? If you don't have a city, you don't have an identity. They have an identity now. They have it back. Okay, now, uh, they're also probably a little tired. You ever tried to work up party energy? Anybody been there? <laughs> you're supposed to go to a party, and you're like, oh, my gosh. I've been building for three months, and, uh, and you're like, I don't want, do I slap on a smile and sh I, like, go and whatever? You know that place? I wonder, I wonder who stayed home that day because they were like, I've been building for three months, and I just want a break. Uh, so here they are, and they, they show up. They show up, and it's interesting. They meet not at the temple, but, but at the water gate. Okay, not in a beautiful place. They gather on a wooden platform. This is a functional place. This is the everyday place life. Uh, the text says, and this is a, this is a nice Ezra, uh, Ezra trick, that they had to ask Ezra to get the word. This is actually, this is kind of Ezra's MO as a leader. He's like, let's just wait. Let's just see if they want it. Huh? Parents, you know this game? <laughs> let's just see. And so they do. They show up, and they, and they ask Ezra, and let's keep reading what happens. Okay, ne Nehemiah 8, this is 5 through 9. Ezra opens the book, gives the people what they want. And he's standing on the platform so everybody could see him. Ezra praised the Lord, the great God, and all the people, they're responding. They lift up their hands and respond, amen, amen. They bowed down, and then they worshiped the Lord with their faces on the ground. And then the Levites, all those dudes, instructed the people in the law, while the people were standing there. Okay, they're reading from the book of the law of God, and then this is, this is interesting. It says they're making it clear, they're giving it meaning so the people could understand what was being read. Maybe translating, maybe just checking in. You know, you've ever seen a teacher do this? They walk around the classroom and like make sure this guy knows what's going on. They're doing this. The Levites are going out, making sure people know what's going on. And then Nehemiah, the governor, Ezra the priest, the teacher of the law, who were instructing the people, said to them, this day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep, because the people on this festival day of trumpets, the day of joyful shouting, had been weeping as they listened to the words of God. Okay, let's look at this. Let's dig in here. Over and over you see this word understanding, right? Everyone who can understand, the men, the women, all who can understand, they listen attentively. The people are moving around the crowd. And it, it, it looks like as the understanding is happening, what's coming out of these people? Not tear, not joyful shouting. That is not what's coming out of these people. They're weeping. Right? They're weeping. This is interesting. <laughs> you ever done this? You ever sit with the Lord for a while and expect to be like uplifted and instead some tears coming out of you? Some brokenness? You're being aware, right? They're, they're supposed to be, they're supposed to be celebrating their home. They're safe. They built their wall. They are protected. Okay, and, and I think what's happening in this moment is they're, they're getting an idea that all of this external reality that is good, that they worked for, this ain't it. It doesn't cut it. This is not cutting it. And I think in this moment, they're becoming aware of a deeper internal reality. And here's how I think about this. It's like they're standing at a renewal of vows ceremony with God, right? And the word is being read to them, the covenant that they're invited into. And... I'm just imagining after this time of exile and turning away, it would be really hard to sit and hear this list without thinking of every failure, every flaw, every infidelity, all their broken promises. Somebody's reading it out loud. It makes sense to me why they're weeping. Okay, Robert, Robert Mulholland writes, he names what I think is going on here. He goes, one of the primary purposes of spiritual reading 
is to allow the text to have control over us and become a place of encounter with God. We read to plumb the depths of the text so that the text may plumb the depths of our being and doing. Doesn't that sound good? (laughs) That's what you want when you get in the Bible. And I think this is what's happening for Israel. God is asking them, do you really want to know? Now, like, let's not underestimate something. God asked, do you really want to know? And they showed up Okay, and they put themselves in front of the word, and we cannot underestimate how powerful of an action that is. Okay, some of you need to celebrate for a moment because you're showing up, you're showing up, and you you are putting yourself in front of God's word, you're putting yourself with God's people, and that is powerful. Okay, don't quit. Don't quit. Okay, now here's the deal. Here's their brokenness, it's out. The fault lines in their hope are starting to shift. Sorrow is leaking out of them. Their pain, the agony, they're they're counting the cost of this season. What's it cost them? The toll has been taken, and they're understanding that there is a distance between themselves and God right now. Okay, now this, this is is why I'm a Christian. This is exactly the moment where, where God starts to do his work. Okay, let's keep reading. Nehemiah 8, 9 to 11. Nehemiah the governor, Ezra the police, this is what they said to them, right? They said, the day is holy. Do not mourn or weep for the people had been weeping. And now Nehemiah says it again, okay? Go and enjoy choice food and drinks. Send, those to, send some to those who have nothing prepared. This day is holy to our Lord. Do not grieve for the joy of the Lord is your strength. And then the Levites have something to say. Everybody's like, oh, this party got weird. We're all crying. What's going on? We're supposed to be. Anyway, and so the Levites say, be still. This is a holy day. Do not grieve. Three times. All right, three times somebody had to tell them, please stop crying at our party. <laughs> you're missing. You're missing this. You're ruining this for me. Nate Moore. Where are you, Nate Moore? Anyway, uh, you're ruining this for me. Three times the leaders of Israel had to tell them this. This is not a moment for crying. Can I catch this? This is... This is my real beef with, with, uh, with, I would say, shallow Christianity. They are not reprimanding Israel. They are not saying, stuff your feelings. They're not saying, get over it or toughen up, right? They're not saying that. They, they're, they're saying three things Nehemiah says it best, I think. Listen to the actual invitations. He says, go and enjoy choice food. Send some to others. The day is holy and do not grieve. Let's go through these three things. Go and enjoy choice food and drinks, he says. Send some to others. Stay present with your human reality. Stay present with the fact that you are an eater and a drinker and a needer, is what you are. You are a person. This is part of who you are. This is part of the way it works. So enjoy it. Savor it. Right? Go eat some good food. Go get some good drink. And then keep your eyes open for the other needs around you, because you're all people together. Right? This sounds like wisdom. Second thing he says, this is so good. This day is holy to our Lord. Okay, it's a holy day for you too, but, but ooh, this is the day that is holy to the Lord. And so here's, I just see this. I see God sitting at the, at the altar, waiting to renew vows. He's aware they've been distanced. He's aware uh, that they've been far, and it's his pleasure in their coming back to him that makes this a holy day. He is delighted in their return to him. He's been waiting, right? And this is a day that's, this is what holy to the Lord looks like. It looks like, hey, you're still mine. You're still mine and I'm still yours. And I'm so glad to have you back. Okay, and then 
And then there's this. It says, don't grieve for the joy, no, God's joy, the pleasure God takes in redeeming you is renewing a commitment, right? This, and it says, is your strength. And I know we are hearty Americans, so we like to think this means like, you know, the, the juice you need to do tomorrow. It's not what this word means. It says, you, this is your ma'os, your place of refuge. That city up on a hill that's strong where people can't get to you. The thing you think you've been building for a while now. No, 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 you're missing it. It's not this wall. It's, it's God's delight in your covenant relationship. That's the place where you can go when you need safety. Okay, so... I would say this is where you need to go if you need the courage to face some of the darker realities about yourself, about what this season has cost you, about the rubble, what it looks like when the load gets heavy. This is where you go. You see, God says, my joy in you, my delight in your returning to me, that's where you go when you need a safe place to think, to find courage, to make decisions about how you're going to deal with the people in your life. Come here. Okay? And so Nehemiah 8.12 they're like, all right. I think they're in. They're in. They say the people go to eat and drink, to send portions of food, to celebrate with joy, because now they, and here's that word again, now they understood what had been made known to them. Now they understood. At this point, they had experienced both the invitation and the challenge of God's call. Right now, they had found safety in the thought that what they thought they were building, God was actually building for them and inviting them to receive now they understood what Hosea is talking about. Remember Hosea would prophesy, uh, my people are destroyed by the lack of knowledge. He's not talking about getting smart. He's not talking about knowing stuff or being strong. He says, lack of knowing me. Lack of knowing me and, you guys, lack of being known by me. Have you opened yourself up to be known by the Father in a while? God says, that's where it's at. That's the safe place. We don't want to, we're done with partial knowing. I am done with partial knowing, with only living one side of the story. Okay, the weeping, the building. Uh, God is not satisfied by only half of the story. Right? We think we can get our house in order. We think we can get our job figured out. We think we can rebuild things out here. And God says, that's great, but that's only going to lead you to weeping. There's another half of the story that you can only get in knowing me and being known by me. There's something that, that you can only get if you finish the story. I know, right, I want, I want that kind of fortitude in my spirit. I want to find a place where I can be safe and strong from, and it's in that relation, it's in that knowingness. Okay. Who wants some of that? <laughs> you guys want some? Yeah. Amen. I want some of this. And so I want to get really practical this one needs to come and meet us right here and today in 2020 at Mercy Vineyard Church. Let's do this. 2020, 2021, they're going to keep offering risks, right? These aren't going away. Keep presenting us. We're going to keep the pressure on our brain is probably going to be here for a little while. Uh, we might wonder if this future reality winter, is that too hard of a reality to bear? Who's wondering that right now? Japers. Is this too hard to bear? I kind of am like, oh, I'm just going to think about that later. And so... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to the text, and I'm going to go to our text, the story we are writing together, and I'm going I'm to ask you to, do, to look for three things here, okay? First thing Israel did was show up, okay? We took a survey a few weeks ago. Thank you, by the way, to everybody who filled that out. Your feedback is so helpful. We took a survey, and we just asked people, one of the questions was, what's been meaningful for you? How are you connecting with, this, with God right now? What's working? 
Okay, and so we took that feedback, we compiled the results, and I wanna share some of that with you, okay? And, and hopefully between this text and the text of like what we're all living right now, you can find some, some next steps. Make sense? Okay, show up. Israel showed up. They asked Ezra to read. They showed up in that square. Uh, I'm gonna share a bit.ly with you, bit.ly slash refuge resources. Okay, and in this, in this resources, you can find a list of like ways that you can show up with other people who are, who are walking towards God right now. Okay, people name things. Pick one, go deep is working right now. Small groups, uh, Mercy Wednesday classes. Come read the word with me on Wednesday night. This stuff is working, show up. Two, let God's word read you. Okay, we are such informational readers in America. We go to the Bible to know things. Blah. <laughs> Stop, stop. I don't care how much I know about the Bible. I don't know, right? Stop. Let God's word read you. Get into places where you are, are submitting yourself to God's word to let it work on you, okay? And if you don't know the difference, I would say uh, there's some resources in this list of places you can go, spiritual reading you can do that kind of helps shape you in that. If that sounds appealing to you or send me an email, I'll talk to you more, but I put some resources at the bottom for you around that. Uh, worship team, you can start heading up here. Uh, and three, Find refuge in God's joy. Okay, I want to suggest that, that one of the best ways to do this right now is to like understand a covenant relationship with God is to stay proximate with other humans who are also loving God. Because they're aware of the challenges, right? They're aware of what hopelessness and despair look like sometimes in my life before I am. They can see it start to vandalize pieces of my life. They remind us that, that Jesus says that he is the rebuilder of our souls. There's something really powerful about witnessing one another in a time like this. The way that Israel was alongside one another, working with each other, there's something powerful about that. So I would say, show up. Use that list to find, to find something that looks like I could, I could be part of this, this joy by getting alongside with somebody else this way. Okay, now, I want to caution us. All of these things I'm asking you to do what I'm really asking you to do is open up to a reality of your being. Okay, the reality is, whether or not you are aware of it, that God just takes delight in being with you. And that if you're not, if you're not in a space where you regularly receive that, you are missing part of the story. You're missing out. This is a safe place, and we all need a safe place right now. So you need to get there. We want to get there. Okay, I'm going to pray. Holy Spirit, meet us as we try. As we go to these places, we look for refuge, a refuge in you. Meet us. Pray against tiredness and weariness. Pray against despair and darkness and fear. Holy Spirit, will you, right now, as we begin to worship, will you show us what's going on? We want to see it. We want to see everything you've got for us. And we want to see the stuff that's in us. Give us the courage to do it. Amen.